Thanks for joining us once again here on Bearcat Rewind as today we're taking a look at one of the scariest volleyball teams in the country. Not only did Northwest Missouri State officially arrive in 2021, the Bearcats broke the door down. A 26-6 record for Northwest, the most wins since 1994, tied for second in the MIAA, which is the highest finish since 1985, two AVCA All-Americans in Peyton Kirchhofer and Alyssa Rezach, and a berth in the NCAA tournament for just the second time in program history. And Northwest bowed out of the postseason earlier than they would have liked, but the foundation is set for another huge year. And today we're talking with a member of the coaching staff as Jackie Kaysen joins us on the podcast. Kaysen's entering her second season as the assistant coach under Amy Wirth. We'll comb through that 2021 campaign and look at what's next for Northwest. But we also go into Kaysen's background and how she went from a mechanical engineering degree at the University of Texas, El Paso, to becoming a Bearcat here in Maryville. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Hope you enjoyed today's show as we sit down with Northwest assistant volleyball coach Jackie Kaysen. In the offseason, it's summertime, but uh, Northwest Missouri State Volleyball is still doing a lot of work. We're joined by Jackie Kaysen, the assistant coach for Northwest Missouri State Volleyball. Jackie, how are things? Is it time where you kind of get to relax a little bit and kind of take some time off? Yeah, a little. May's probably the slower month we're going on, but it's still going through, you know, setting up for camps finalizing recruiting and all that regard but this is kind of our time to slow down a little bit take some time for ourselves we do go through and think so much about uh, the recruiting process the fall schedule obviously there's a lot of travel the miaa is tough the region but when we do get, get come around to this time uh, there is a lot going on with camps it's a recruiting tool it's also a chance to bring in a lot of student athletes to northwest missouri state a recruiting tool for the university overall uh, how intense does that get with so many different kids coming onto campus and trying to kind of wrangle everybody and keep everybody in line? Um, it's a lot. Um, so last year was my first year running him, um, with including with the COVID aspect, and then we had some trouble with some facilities, so we couldn't use any of that. So logistically, it was a nightmare. Um, luckily, it went over smoothly, and I learned a lot that first year. So this year, I'm hoping it goes a lot more smoothly. Once it like camp starts, it's so much easier. Because we have some amazing girls that run their camps and run their courts very well at a high level. And I don't have to babysit them at all. Um, so that makes my life a lot easier. And I can just work on making sure courts are running at certain times as opposed to like being there coaching. The benefit of the hardest year to have a camp was your first year running it. So <laughs> it's smooth sailing from here on out. It can only be easier. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... We've got different student-athletes that are running um, different portions. Your volleyball players are at different courts and running teams and that sort of thing. Is that kind of the first glimpse for some of them into coaching and kind of opening up the eyes of, you know what, maybe when I'm done playing, I do want to kind of head down that, down that avenue? Yeah, it's definitely that first insight. So we spend the day before camps kind of running through what is expected. Um, so the newer kids are kind of learning what it what the entails. The older kids are used to it. So we have a couple of kids right now that are looking to coach college after they graduate or coach high school even. 
Um, so this is just an extra opportunity to get that going. So I try to mentor them through things and give them a lot of responsibilities when it comes to courts. I feel like when you look at it, too, and, and different players come to mind, but Alyssa Rezach especially, a leader that you kind of look at and say, she's cut out for this and probably thrives during these camps. Oh, yes, 100%. She, she does a great job. She's actually working my Maryville camp today. Um, in this week, so she does a great job when it comes to that. Um, she holds people together, you know, holds them accountable, knows when to stop the drill to give extra feedback, knows each keys for every skill-wise, so she's going to be a great coach um, in the coming years. Uh, so whenever we think about it, we're kind of uh, speaking with you. Obviously, we want to talk about Northwest Volleyball and, and the crazy season that's just coming off of 26-6, and six, getting into the regional. But for you starting out, you went through and coached at Eastern Illinois. Yep. You were at Nichols State. You did some high school as well. Was this kind of your start of when you are at UTEP? Was, was coaching in your mind at all, or how did that come about? No, coaching was never in my mind. Um, so I started coaching club when I was in college just for extra money. And the more I did it, the more I loved it. And then it got to when I was coaching high school, I just made my world and life around the ability to coach. So when it came to that, I was like, okay, let's make this my full-time job. So I did all the groundwork and trying to get that going so I could make that my full-time job and be successful through it. When you're at Division One stops of uh, Eastern Illinois and Nichols State, were those full-time opportunities, or were you also working on the side to make some extra money, too, or how did that balance out? Um, yeah, so those were full-time opportunities, um, so that was very beneficial for me. Um, there was kind of the side jobs, because luckily for coaching, you can do camps, so that's a good revenue, extra revenue source, so I was doing that as well. Um, but, yeah, those were good opportunities. It's crazy kind of how coaching can kind of take you around and take you everywhere. Um, but then to come back around to Northwest Missouri State, you're a GA for a couple years. Then when Elena stepped away, you became the assistant coach. How did you hear about Northwest Missouri State and get hooked up here? <laughs> That's a really good story. Um, so I played Division One. I've coached Division One, and at that time frame, I was it was D1 or bust. There was no other option. Um, and then after Eastern Illinois, I took a kind of step back, and I was volunteering at Texas A&M Commerce, which is a great Division II program. And it kind of opened my eyes to what D2 volleyball looks like and the level of play and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of made my little stint into Division Two, And then going for a new job, because that was volunteer, um, I wanted to be with a successful program. I wanted to learn under a great head coach that knew her job and was experienced in that. And this Northwest Missouri State was exactly what I needed at that time. Whenever you think about that, too, was 2019 your first year? Yes. So a uh, 21-9 season, the Bearcats, you kind of see slowly on the rise there through the MIAA and through the region. Uh, was there a particular conversation with Coach Schwerth or, or Elena, or was it just kind of the interview process worked out that everything kind of fell to place? It kind of just fell to place, to be honest. Um, we did the interview process and just kind of similarities with our coaching style, our goals through it, I just kind of molded very well with those two. Uh, and, and so we work with Coach Worth a lot, and it's always a lot of fun to talk to her. And you can tell she is very driven. Is there anything that stuck out whenever you got on campus and you're GA and you're kind of figuring out Maryville and Northwest? Is there anything about Coach Worth, the work ethic that just kind of stood out to you? Like, oh, 
She's she's the real deal. <laughs> I think I noticed that she was the real deal when I talked to the players. Um, so that was a great opportunity when I was came on my interview um, because you get to learn a lot from the players. They'll tell you the truth. So I asked all the really hard questions to them, and that kind of gave me that insight to Coach Worth of, like, how she runs her program, what's the expectation of the girls, you know, what type of recruiting looks like, like, how how she meshes with the team-wise. So, like, that conversation was very um, insightful. And then I kind of finished up with the conversation with Coach Worth, and it was very much of, like, a – back and forth conversation it wasn't like a one-way kind of thing so it was bouncing off ideas and it was just that start of our relationship well and, and as you come in to 2018 maddie bruder's the first all-american in program history 2019 your first season hallie sydney follows it up with another there for the bearcats but is that just one of those that you just kind of get an energy of man there's there is something going on here and you can tell the kind of on the cusp of of northwest volleyball taking over the miaa oh yeah i definitely felt that that first year 100% um, with the senior class and the leadership that we had and the people coming through as well. Um, and then even at camp. So my kind of first experience at Northwest was the elite camp. So our 22s, which that's Olivia Durr, Peyton Kirchhofer, Abby Brunson, um, Kaya Laring. Sorry if I screwed up your name there. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Kristen Ford. So I always got the experience to coach them. And, like, that was also a great insight of what our future looked like. And I was like, dang, like, this is a great class to start off. And I know we're going to have those guys next year on top of what we have. Like, we're going to do some great things here. That has kind of been the fun part, too, of seeing, like, all right, we're looking on the floor. And, boy, there are some really good players out there. But then you kind of hear from uh, Coach Worth, Elena, yourself, like, sounds like this recruiting class is kind of top-notch as well, and it, it does just kind of, all right, it just kind of keeps stacking up, and, yeah. and it keeps on rolling. So uh, Northwest Volleyball mentioned before, 26 wins, the most since 1994. Um, so the big question, the hard question is, what's the encore performance? What does the fall of 2022 look like for the Bearcats? Um, it's looking pretty good. Uh, we have a lot of returners, um, so we are – and we have returning All-Americans. So we have three returning All-Americans coming in. Um, we got a great D1 transfer come in with um, Kelly. Um, we got a big freshman class that can make some waves going on. So I see a huge amount of depth going through. I see a lot of maturity. I see a lot of experience through that. And then we also have that those younger girls ready to step up and challenge those guys. So there's one part of, all right, we're building and we're on the cusp, and you can kind of come in as a dark horse a little bit, maybe even going into Tampa last year and winning on their home floor and knocking off some MIAA schools as, as you're kind of coming up. But now it's the Bearcats have arrived, and, and people know it. Mm-hmm. How does the pressure change of every match is, all right, now the target's more on our back than it is us chasing them? Yeah, there's definitely a different pressure when it goes to it. Um, I think it really was apparent towards the end of last season of what it means to be elite. So we've gotten to the point that we've been consistently good and we've gotten better and better and better. Now we're kind of working on that elite level where the expectation is that you win the conference, that you're in the top 15 in the nation, that you go to the NCAA tournament. So that level is our next step. And I think we have a great group this year and next year coming in that we can make that consistency apparent. Did you take a step back or, or take any time in this offseason at any point to kind of enjoy what 
2021 had to offer and how special that season was? We got to step back a little bit and be like, okay, you know, we made it to the conference tournament. And for us coaching staff and all our players, that's the first time anybody's made the NCAA tournament. Um, so that was a big deal. Um, but it's still kind of that back in your mind of like, we could have done better kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of, I would say the majority of the spring going through is like, we were there. We were, we made it to the show. We made it to the big deal. We just didn't perform at the level that we should have. And we have another chance next year that we can do that much better. So that was kind of where that spring's going and elevating all of our levels. And also, this is the first spring most of our players had. So Hallie Sydney is the only player on our team right now that had a true spring, where he had all the way from January to April. So it was getting through all that aspect, too. How much of that is... Uh playing in some matches and, and, and still staying sharp and working on sp- certain things and, and how much of it also is working with Joe Quinlan, his staff, and kind of that strength and conditioning side too. Yeah, I think a lot of it was taking a step back and focusing ourselves. Um, so we didn't play a lot of people during the spring, which I think it was very beneficial because we had back-to-back seasons, so they've played a lot of games the last year. So taking that step back and adding, like I said, just layers to that play was big. Um, and then Joe Q, and then we have uh, Jake Volstead for our strength coach. So getting in and having that, like I said, full spring aspect where they can go in and bulk up and get some weights on and get faster and more powerful and more explosive going through, which is only going to make them better in the fall. Well, you mentioned the back-to-back seasons and finally having, you know, January to April of not playing and, and, and kind of taking your mind away from it a little bit of, of the uh, conference season at least. When you think about going through in the spring, butted up against the fall and, and everything that went into that, how exhausting is that for the younger players that maybe had never experienced like a true college season and all of a sudden you're kind of thrown into here's your COVID year and also we expect to win a national championship, go for it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I think, but luckily we have a team that is that driven that it's not a problem. Um, so coming off that spring, we had a great spring season. I know none of those really technically counted, um, but that was the season that we got 14 and four. Um, we beat Washburn twice. We beat Carney for the first time ever in his, or like the history that um, Amy's or Coach Worth's been here. Um, so for that, that was a great buildup into the fall and gave us that confidence. I think it was a lot on our bodies too. Um, so that summertime was a little bit more of the recharge, relax. Um, so it took us a little bit to like rev up. So it was really nice kind of starting off at Tampa where you're like, you can't just walk into Tampa. <laughs> now it shows that they're national championships or national champions. Um, so it's one of those things like, yeah, you know, we did that. We had summer. Now we're like, okay, guys, we're going to Tampa and we're going into Springfield. And then the first conference tournament was UCM, our first conference game. So whatever you think about that and bringing up Tampa winning a national championship and looking at how the postseason played out, is it is it bittersweet? Is it a little bit of like, I don't want to say crowning Northwest, but kind of appreciating what the work that your team put in, knowing that yeah, you did beat the national champion pretty early on in the season. Yeah, it was very much of like an insight of like, we can do this. It wasn't like something that's out of reach. 
which I think a couple of years ago we were going to see, it would be like, hey, that's a little out of reach. Like just making to the second round of the conference tournament was a big deal. Now it's like we're going for the regional championship. Like those are two different mindsets going on. Um, so now looking back, beating Tampa and Washburn was second and we, so we were 4-0 against the national champions and the runners up. <laughs> so our team's like, okay guys, like we got this. Uh, which they did a great job. Like they did what they needed to do to get to that point and that's kind of where we're hoping to get to next season. When you think about it, the losses have been few and far between these last few seasons for Northwest Missouri State. But there have, and I feel like, if any loss isn't excruciating or painful, then you're not where you want to be. And and you've had some pretty tough ones, especially the first round of the regional. You get up 2-0, and Carney's a really good team. They battle back to win that one in five. How much of that is is a mental block and kind of trying to solve the mental aspect of things, knowing that physically this team can go out and beat anybody? Yeah, it's definitely the mental part. It's the strategy behind it. Um, so it's working through, like – making changes throughout the game. Like we have a game plan to start. Like it's good. Like for a great example, it's Cardi. It worked for two matches or two sets. And then the last three, it didn't work. So it had to make, we had to make some adjustments and we didn't make them in time. So making those adjustments and being more versatile is kind of our next layer. So um, we don't lose a 2-0 lead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a tough way to end the season in December, and you, you get the chance to kind of have your first true off season in, in a couple years. At the same time, in the back of your mind, you probably come back into work the next week, and you say, I want to go out. I want to match right now. I want to go and, and, and play. You know, just to, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, it does. Uh, so we kind of talked about your journey to Northwest Missouri State, how you got here and some of those steps. Um but you were born in Columbus, Ohio. Yep. Um, hometown is listed as Vail, Arizona, though. And, mm. and then, of course, you've you've been uh, around to some different schools. You've been in Kentucky. Uh, what kind of led you around the country? And, and uh, do you still call Vail your hometown? Um. Yeah. So what kind of led me around the country? My dad. Um. My dad kind of moves us around. Um. So initially, he was a social studies teacher. Um. And then he got into college marketing. Um, so he actually now works at Fort Hayes, which is interesting. <laughs> so we have that nice battle going on. Um, so does my mom. She's a uh, a professor in the education department in Fort Hayes. Um, but we just kind of moved around. So it was normal for me to move every four years. Um, so I kind of made a big old circle around the United States, and then we all ended up in the Midwest. Um, so I still kind of count Vail as that point because that's where I went to high school. That's where I graduated. That's also the longest I was in one place. I was there for six years. Um, so, but my parents are now out in Russell, Kansas. So that's kind of where I go on breaks. So, kind of back in the Midwest here with family and everything. Um, but you've been around some different places. Do you kind of like more of that the desert and the dry and the heat down in Arizona? Oh no, 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 yeah. no! I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> you prefer the the winter weather in Maryville, Missouri, oh, to that? Oh yes, 100. percent I will take seasons. I will take tall trees. <laughs> I will take water. I will take grass. Uh, I still have this weird thing where, like, in in the Southwest, you don't see water. Like. There's a creek, but there's no water. Like, there's a wash, and there's no water. So every time I go over a body of water, I have to look at it because I was in the, in the Southwest for 12 years with between being in Arizona for high school and then UTEP for college. 
So seeing water and tall trees has been my release of things. <laughs> a true appreciation for it now. Yes. Uh, so you, you go from Vail and then you go on to UTEP to play your, your college volleyball. What took you to UTEP? Um, it, what took me to UTEP is it was close to home initially. Um, I did, my parents did move before I graduated high school to Iowa. Um, so when I was in college, my parents were not in Arizona. They were actually in Iowa. Initially it was because it was close to home. I really liked the coaching staff there, uh, facilities. Um, they were going to allow me to do engineering. So, um, I graduated with a mechanical engineering degree and most division one programs won't let you touch engineering with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> so that was really nice to have. Um, they were on the rise. They were getting better. Um, so that was kind of my stint to UTEP. Okay, so that brings me up to the next point. Mechanical engineering and your coaching, like what, I mean, that's, that's very different. What, what was your initial thought? What was the career path when, when you were at uh, UTEP? The career path initially was biomechanical engineering. So when I went there, they were supposed to start up at least a minor and eventually get to a major for biomechanical. Well, they got the major fall of 20, 2015, so it's the semester after I graduated. <laughs> um, so I had to do some like added in classes and all that stuff. So initially, I was going to go into like R and D for uh, medical devices, and then it got into like I was wanting to do prosthetics for amputees and doing uh, Paralympics and working with athletes with that. Um, so I just kind of went through that aspect and then realized probably. 90% of the way through the degree, I was like, I don't want to sit in front of a desk <laughs> and do this on a daily basis. I'm too much of a needing to be around people and moving around and keeping things busy. So it was, you know, after I graduated, it was now figuring out what I was going to do. So you at least chase the passion, right? You're, yes. You're doing what you love. Yes. But you don't think about the pay scale, do you? I feel no. like if you had chased the mechanical engineering, it would have been a little different. I try not to think about it. <laughs> so, because my my little brother actually is an electrical engineer. Um, so that's, he's, what, six years younger than me? So that's nice to, you know, have in the back of my brain. I'm like, <laughs> but I didn't get into this for the, the money. Like, I know going into this, there's not a lot. But, like, I come into work every day happy. And that's the most important part. Yeah, that, that is uh, a lot toward just your mental well-being and, and um, your state kind of moving forward. So, uh, well, Jackie, I appreciate you coming on. Let me talk with you a little bit. I've got a few more, just quick ones for okay, you. Okay, go for it. Um, going on a recruiting trip, Coach Worth or Brandon Oswald, who's more fun, who's a little bit more excited to be around if you're going on a trip that's a, a long way? That's interesting. Um, I think it's different. Um, because Amy and Coach Worth, um, we've been together a lot. There's not all the, like, the small talk going on. So it's very much of, like, we know each other very well. So the conversations are a little bit more like, hey, what's going on at this? What do we need to do? Um, and then it's a little different with Brandon because we don't know each other very well. So then the um, car rides to the places and then at lunch, it's more lengthy conversations of, like, hey, you know, what about you? And we get into more of those conversations going on. So it's kind of two different aspects. We're always trying to, to figure out more about Coach Worth because she always does put on that game face <laughs> anytime she leaves the office. Does she sing in the car? She can sing. Yeah? She can sing. Um, she's pretty good at it. Uh, I am not. So <laughs> I will sometimes in the car we'll put on music and there will be a song that we both know. 
and she'll sing, and then I'm like, I have to be quiet. <laughs> I want to sing, but I know that the person singing the song and Amy are both better than me, and I don't want to ruin it. So It is more fun when both people are just bad and can enjoy being <laughs> bad together. Yeah. Are, are you singing like country music going down the road, or, or what are we thinking? It's a combination of like country and then like 20s pop kind of thing. Um, so, but we both kind of, we, I would say both of us tend a little bit more to the countryside. Okay. All right. Um, tell me about your pet ferret. Oh man. Yes. Um, so my pet ferret, um, I got him, what was it? It was my last semester of college cause my parents and I had a rule that I couldn't have a pet until I was done playing. And it was literally like two weeks into my last semester, I got him. Um, so I did a whole bunch of research and trying to figure out the animal. I grew up around animals my whole life. Um, so not having an animal during college was weird. Um, so it was like, okay, you know, they're, they're friendly. They like to cuddle, but they're not awake all the time. So they don't need to be like constantly going like a dog. Um, and then I never was around cats and didn't really know cats. Now I have a cat. So, <laughs> but it was that kind of thing. He was, his name um, was Inspector Gadget. He had the little kind of like goggles like Inspector Gadget. Um, he was very curious and going through things. Um, loved everything. So my dogs were terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. So yeah. would you recommend a ferret as a pet? Um, I would. I would just... At the cleaning this and then making sure you train them early using the litter box. Um, but it's a great kind of starter pet going through because they are, they are cuddly. They make some really cute sounds. They're, you're, you know, soft to pet kind of thing. So. All right. Inspector Gadget. That's good. Yeah. All right. Last one I've got for you. Did you ever tour the cave or at, do a tour at the Colossal Cave in Vail, Arizona? Oh, yes. It was one of the road trips and one of the field trips you did on. So you went in there and kind of went through it. So it wasn't very far from school. That's cool. I was going through and I'm like, Vail, Arizona, like, what are they known for? What is here? And that was the <laughs> first thing that popped up. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's gotten, I went back, was it six years ago or something? It's changed completely. Like, it used to be a very smaller community. Like, we were growing always. Um most of the um, army guys or the army families go to that school, so they live out a little further. Um, so I went back and talked to a couple teachers. I'm like, this is just weird. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a Walmart now and like a Sam's Club. I'm like, this is not a small town thing anymore. <laughs> it's a booming community now. Yes. Jackie, thank you for the time. I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. And uh, again, congratulations on everything personally, but also Northwest Volleyball-wise, and looking forward to the fall of 2022. Cool. Thank you. Thanks again to Jackie Kaysen joining us on today's podcast. And the schedule for Northwest Volleyball this fall is nearly finalized, so check in on BearcatSports.com to see when that's complete, and of course for any news updates on the program as well, as 2022 should be another fun year for the Bearcats. Thanks for tuning in here for the podcast. Many different platforms you can check it out, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and also the Bearcat Public Media app. So if you haven't downloaded our app just yet, check that out as well. Thanks to Northwest Professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind.
I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.